I don't know about you, but um, uh, we have a lot of pictures and videos of family stuff. And recently, Lesson and I found a big old Ziploc bag full of old compact VHS uh, tapes. And uh, uh, many of them were more than 20 years old. And we're looking at some of the labels and we're thinking, oh, my goodness, but nobody has a, a, a VHS player anymore let alone the adapter for the compact thing. So we found one of those uh, iMemories, and you, you, send a, you send the box away, and you get this. And uh, we found this video. Now listen. Really wait, 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 wait. We'll put the, put the plate right here. Put the plate right here. Wait, 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 wait now. Wait now. Let's say our prayer. Thank you. Kendall. Thank Kendall. You. Let's say our prayer. Say our prayer. And you forget. You forget how little they were. You forget their voices. And uh, many of you uh, met Kendall. She was here this summer. That was, that was her 20, uh, 21 years ago. Um, I had forgotten that we had taught our kids how to pray. I forgot that. I've seen their faith grow. I've seen them be, have their own faith now, but it starts somewhere. And frankly, to be very honest, it's really easy. It really is. It is easy to teach someone what to pray. And it's really easy to teach someone how to pray. But one of the hardest things to do is to teach someone why you should pray. It really is a challenge. Because after a while, in the beginning, so when Kendall and uh, our twins were young, they would pray in general to, uh, like Kendall, you saw that Kendall prayed to get uh, approval from her parents and a high five from her big brother. Okay, now uh, don't misunderstand. Those are those are really encouraging things when one um, doesn't really know who God is. God is what her father and her mother told her. He's the one that mom and dad talk about. He's the one that they hear mom and dad pray to. But after a while, we grow and. Sometimes we pray and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we pray about things and we get discouraged because we don't see the answers that we were praying for. And we get discouraged and we wonder if God really does care, if God really is involved, if God really is active in my life, is he, if he's, is he's active in someone else's life. Now, Jesus comes on the scene and, you know, things are significantly different. But I want you to understand that when Jesus comes on the scene, he doesn't come into the lives of people who don't know anything about God. 
He doesn't come into the lives of people who don't know anything about prayer. These men, uh, regardless of their own prayer lives, were more than familiar with what Jewish prayer life was supposed to be. There were specific times of the day. There were specific things that one prayed about, uh, specific days of prayer, and so on. And so they're not strangers to it in any way, shape, or form. But yet something was different about Jesus. Something was different the way that he prayed. Something was different about the frequency in which Jesus prayed. They recognized an altogether different level. And so there came a point early on in their relationship with Jesus where they said, hey, we're, we're watching you and You know, it seems just about every time you step away from us, you go off to pray. At times when we're sleeping in the middle of the night, you get up and you go pray. It's not just a a seeming obligatory prayer at mealtimes. It seems like you have a relationship with God, and that relationship is sustained and even enhanced by your prayer life. And you can just see Jesus, oh yeah. And then comes that significant question, will you teach us to pray? So for the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at Jesus' answer. We're going to take a look at the answer, not so that we can just repeat the words and feel as if uh, there's some kind of a magical formula by which we can uh, get God to do what we want him to do, uh, get God to bless us, whereas he otherwise might not have. That's, That's not the point. The point is to begin and sustain and enhance that relationship with God. Because if we say that our ultimate purpose here is to help people find and follow Jesus, and we take a look at Jesus, and Jesus has this significant, dynamic, powerful prayer life, then let's be like him. And let's listen to what he said. Uh, There are two accounts uh, in in the story of Jesus' life, and this one comes from the book of Matthew in chapter 6. Follow along if you'd like. Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we, have, uh, we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, um, uh, many of you may understand or remember or have been taught that this is the Lord's Prayer. 
And it, it's, again, it's not a formula. It's, they're not special words that if you say them in the right order, you, it, it's kind of like rubbing Jesus' magic lamp, so to speak. Um, it, it, it's, it's not about uh, uh, that, that kind of a silly uh, technical thing at all. It's, it, Jesus uh, reveals some principles about a relationship that he has with God that he says you too can have this relationship and he begins by talking about people who just uh, pray for show. People who pray, um, uh, and um, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've been in a lot of places where groups are praying together. And um, uh, because of what one person prays, uh, uh, someone says amen uh, it, while that prayer is going on. They're speaking in agreement with that. And sometimes the more amens you get, the more you want to say some words to get more amens. All right? Uh, at that point, one is not praying to God. One is praying to the people in the circle. All right? Jesus says, don't do that. All right? And he, and he continues on. He says, uh, listen, I also don't want you to pray like uh, people that uh, uh, pray to a whole bunch of, and they just keep on saying the same words over and over and over again. Uh, it, it, um, it, I told you last week about uh, having another toddler in our house. Um, and, and that, you know, you, mommy, 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 mommy. Mommy, mommy. Is everybody familiar with that? Does everybody remember that? Mommy, mommy, mommy. After a while, you say, what? All right? That's, we don't do that in prayer either. God, will you please? God, will you please? God, will you please? God, will you please? And God just gives in because he's sick and tired of hearing us. That's not how it works. And Jesus says, don't have that vain, meaningless repetition. Don't do that. And then he goes on to give us some really healthy instructions. Today, I'm going to continue on and just give you kind of an outline about where we're going in general for the next few weeks. First of all, Jesus talks about why we're really praying. Why? When it's all said and done, prayer is simple, honest communication with the Father about real life struggles and challenges. It's just simple and honest. God knows who we really are. Not necessarily the person that we try to portray ourselves as at times, but the person who we really are after all the decorations and all that is removed. It's just me and God. It's just you and God. Now, you would be respectful if you came into the audience of, a, of an important person. And certainly coming into the audience of God means that we can be respectful, but that doesn't mean that we have to be somebody that we're not. It doesn't mean that we have to be disingenuous and say words that we think are going to make him happy. Words that are just going to simply please him. Jesus prayed to God about everything. And I mean everything. Now, when I say that, it seems kind of a, 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 a foregone conclusion. Of course, Jesus, Son of God, he's going to talk to God about everything. But there's an interesting challenge here. There's a, there's a contradiction that, that kind of slams into this. Because sometimes we say, well, uh, if God knows everything, then why do we need to pray about it? If God knows, as Jesus said, uh, uh, 
in Matthew. If God knows what we need, then why do we need to ask him? Well, Jesus knew everything that God knew. And yet Jesus is spending as much time praying, it seems, as he does walking. Here is the Son of God who knows the plans of God and the power of God and the mission of God, and yet he's still coming to God. Why pray? Because Jesus prayed all the time, everywhere, anywhere. It really was a priority for him. He didn't, uh, he didn't worry about what God did or didn't know, and that wasn't necessarily the focus about this. He wasn't necessarily doubling down in anything. He was just containing, excuse me, continuing on, sustaining that relationship. That was the point. He prayed for strength and the sustaining of the relationship that he had with God. And if that's why Jesus prayed, maybe that's why you and I ought to as well. It's not too difficult to put this all together. It's really not. Prayer is simple, honest communication with the Father about real life struggles and challenges. Why do we pray? We pray for strength and sustaining that relationship with God. Okay, that's why. But what do we pray? Again, you heard me uh, uh, share with you the account from Matthew about the Lord's Prayer. I remember um, years ago, I was uh, uh, at a church in Virginia, and um, one of the leaders uh, had come up and said, you know, uh, when I was growing up, I, did, I, I went to a different church, and I always, uh, we always said the Lord's Prayer in service. Uh, it was just something that we always said, and it was, it was from memory, and I can still remember it all these years ago, and I was always encouraged by it. So, so could we do that? And I said, well, sure, uh, but, you know, we, we're not necessarily just saying the prayer because uh, that's necessarily, th- those are the specific words that God's wanna he- God wants to hear, kind of the things I just said to you. I, I, I said, we could do that, and so he said, great, I'll lead it out, and I said, oh, okay, and um, the next Sunday, he got up there, and Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as heaven. Give us today daily bread. He knew the prayer, but he didn't know the prayer. And everybody who was going along with him forgot the words. And then came the real dilemma. Do I say trespasses or debts? All right? That was the dilemma of the day. You see, it was more about words than it was about relationships. And when Jesus gave us these words, he's talking about aspects of the relationship that we have with God. And so in the weeks to come, we're going to break down what Jesus was saying to us and how you and I can, can talk about those things with God and how we can do it all the time, anytime, anywhere. Because it's easier to talk to a person. Jesus wants us to know that God is listening. So he began by saying, Our Father 
who's in heaven. That's who's listening. That is who you and I have a one-on-one audience with. And because of what Jesus has done for us, we can enter into the throne room of God himself and tell him anything and everything. Because Jesus wants us to know that it's easier to talk to a person. He reminds us that it is God himself who is listening. Our Father. Because it's really good to have priorities in life, Jesus wants us to want what God wants. Which is why when Jesus prayed, he said, uh, Shan's paraphrase version, I want what you want here. Just like it is in heaven, I want it to be here on earth. Because you and I, when we pray, you know, we, we could have a laundry list of things that we want, right? Uh, I need that new job. I need that new car. Uh, we need Boston to win. Uh, we need, uh, you know, and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But above and beyond all of the things that we think are important are the things that God thinks are important. Your will be done on earth as your will is done in heaven. Jesus thinks it's important for us to have priorities. So we pray for what God wants. It's easier to talk to a person. It's easier, it's good to have priorities. And also, because there are, in fact, things that we need, Jesus just simply says, ask for them. Ask for them. So here's where I do a non-responsive survey, so to speak, and I say, anybody ever prayed for anything? Of course you have. Of course you have. But here's the interesting perspective. Anybody ever prayed for something and you've been praying for it for 25 years? Sometimes that is the case, but that's not necessarily or commonly the case because what happens is the things that we think, the things we thought were important 25 years ago are not the things that are important now. The things that matter to us when we're young don't necessarily matter to us when we get married and then when we have kids and then when the kids grow up and get married and have kids of their own and so on. Which is why Jesus wisely says, pray for what you need daily. Because today could be very different from tomorrow. Nonetheless, the things we need today, we ask God for. The things we need tomorrow, we ask God for. Because there are things that we need, Jesus wants us to ask for them. It's really just that simple. And also, because uh, we all carry guilt around, we all carry guilt around, Jesus wants us to be forgiven and to forgive others. Guys, this is big. Jesus doesn't include this because it's some kind of perfunctory confessional aspect that's supposed to happen. Any, I, I asked before if anybody's ever asked God for anything, so here's another one. Anybody ever done anything really, really stupid that you regret? Anybody ever said anything really, really stupid 
that you regret. That's right, Nathan. I could raise both hands and a foot, all right? And every once in a while, I'll think about that stuff, and I'll think, man, why were you so dumb? And God just kind of steps in. He goes, uh, covered that. That's taken care of. Don't you dwell on that. Because Jesus took care of it. And frankly, notwithstanding the fact that the Lord's covered a lot of our foolishness, a lot of our sinfulness, a lot of uh, words that we shouldn't have said and things that we shouldn't have done, we tie it on and carry it around with us. Like foolish badges of honor or maybe just badges of foolishness. And God doesn't want us to walk around discouraged and overwhelmed like that. It's time to let go of it. Daily, ask God for forgiveness and ask God to help you forgive others because he doesn't want us carrying that junk around. And lastly, because following Jesus is difficult, Jesus wants us to ask for help. It's really not too sophisticated. We want people to find Jesus and we want people to follow Jesus. But here the challenge is this. For those who have found Jesus, you know how difficult it is to follow Jesus. And there are people who haven't found Jesus yet, but they're looking to you and to I to see how it is that you really should follow Jesus. And sometimes we do really well, and sometimes we do really bad. And sometimes we really look like Jesus when we're walking and we're talking and we're living. And sometimes... We don't look or sound like him at all. And we get mad and we get jealous and we get frustrated and we forget all the stuff that we've done and remember all the things that somebody else has done. And it's really hard. And then we come to that prayer time. We say, God, I blew it again. God, help. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be uh, I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to have revenge in my heart. I don't want to be guilty all the time. I don't want to be mad all the time. I'm tired of thinking like this. I'm tired of feeling like this. God, I need your help. Help me to not be trapped. Help me to not give in to the temptations that come my way. Because God, there are times that I'm strong and then there are a lot more times that I'm not. So I need your help. Because it's easier to talk to a person, Jesus wants to know God is listening. Because it's good to have priorities, Jesus wants us to want what God wants. Because there are things that we need, Jesus wants us to ask for them. Because we all carry guilt around, Jesus wants us to be forgiven and to forgive others. And lastly, because following Jesus is difficult, Jesus wants us to ask for help. That's the what. So here comes the how. It's not really that hard. It isn't really any harder than teaching babies how to pray at the dinner table. 
It's, and it's not that sophisticated. First of all, here is what Jesus taught. Pray alone. Pray alone. Now, what I am not saying is that you shouldn't pray together, as we've done a couple of times already in this service, but here's why praying alone is significantly different. When it's just you and God, you can be really honest. He knows who you are. He knows what you've thought, uh, what you've said, where you've been, what you've done. He, he understands all of that. And while at times that can be an awkward discussion, oftentimes it's a really good and healthy one. You can. You can be really honest. And in that safe place when we pray to God, every single time it's safe. Every single time it is safe. When you come before him, you can be really, really honest, really, really genuine. Kind of like when you're talking to a friend, your best friend, someone who knows you really, really well, someone who can finish the sentence that you start, who can answer the question you really want answered who can keep you accountable, who can encourage you, all those kinds of things. This can be hard at times when you pray alone because we live in a really, really busy culture. We have a hard time not picking up our phones, not seeing if anybody sent a text or posted, or if there's an email. It really is hard. And so sometimes our minds can wander. That's, that's been a challenge for me. I can start talking to God, and, and one or two minutes in, I can think about something that I have to go do, something I forgot that I need to go do, all those kinds of things. I struggle with that. But I just keep on going. I just keep on going. And here's what a recommendation I want to make to you. For those uh, of us who uh, find ourselves in the car just by ourselves, here's one example. You don't necessarily need to go into a back room and close the door. You can get into the car and close the door. But turn off the radio. Disconnect your phone, your playlist from the car. And just let it be silent. Just quiet. And start talking to God. And don't worry about it. if you're driving, if you're a stoplight and you're talking, your mouth's moving, and you know, oh, they think they just think you're you're having a hands-free phone call to your buddy, right? Because that's okay. But just talk to him. Tell him what's going on, and 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 thank him for everything that's going on, and and tell him what you need, and tell him what you want, and tell him what you're frustrated about, and tell him what you're confused about, and tell him what you hope for, and and all those kinds of things. Just take that time. Start there. It's a really easy place to begin. For some of you, home may be okay. For some of you, home is the last place in the world where you're going to find quiet. Because I've been there. I know what that's like. All right? But go where you know that you can go so it can just be you and God. Pray alone, firstly. Secondly, pray simply. Pray simply. Um, I grew up in a small church 
where uh, uh, there would be a communion table right in the middle right here, and there'd be a, a couple, usually a couple of older guys that would be on either side uh, of the table. And when I would come into church, I would talk to these men, and we would talk like I'm speaking with you right now, but when they would stand on the side of the table, they seemed to end a lot of their words with eth and ed. Blessed art thou and those kinds of things. Now, don't misunderstand me. In no way, shape, or form am I mocking that. But what I am saying is this. You don't have to speak in the king's English in order to get God's attention. You don't have to do that. God knows who you are. And you can be sincere and genuine and very respectful just being you. And God, who knows all things, knows the difference. He knows if you're using words to butter him up, if you're using words because you're mad, and he knows if you're using words because you're worried and scared. He knows all of that. Just be simple and genuine with him. Pray alone. Pray simply. And lastly, pray often. Pray often. The frequency of prayer is not about keeping score, but about maintaining a really good relationship. Have you noticed the difference in texts between men and women? Now, I'm painting with a pretty broad brush right now, but um, there are times when Leslie will say, I need you to stop and get some ketchup. Okay. I need you to stop and get some ketchup. Okay. And sometimes it's just a K. All right. The next text is this way. I need ketchup because I meant to stop and get some at the store the other day, but I couldn't because I got distracted by doing some other different things. And while I was distracted, I thought, oh, I need to get some lettuce too. And so I went down the lettuce aisle forgetting totally that I need to get to the ketchup aisle. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. I already said yes, baby. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, I still need to respond. I still need to connect. I still need to talk because this is about a relationship. This is about working together. This is about talking with one another. And if it's that way for my marriage, do you think it's any different for our relationship with God? No, to the contrary, it's actually more so. It's more so. Pray often. Once a man was asked, what do you gain regularly by praying to God? The man replied, nothing. But let me tell you what I lost by regularly praying to God. I lost anger. I lost ego. I lost greed. I lost depression. 
insecurity, and fear of death. Because sometimes the answer to our prayers is not gaining, but losing. Which ultimately really is a gain. Pray often, pray simply, and pray alone. Your world will change. It will. And that's what we're looking for in this series of Why Pray. Prayer is one of the preeminent aspects of following Jesus. If, you, if someone knows that you're a Christian, they assume that you pray. But we who know Jesus know that it shouldn't be an assumption. It ought just be a common reaction to our need to walk closer to God. So, tell you what, let's right now pray. God, you are so good. Your name is holy, it is powerful, it is memorable, and in any and everything that we do, we praise you and we thank you. God, there are lots of times that we worry about things that are happening here, things that are happening in our lives, things that are happening in our towns and things that are happening in our nation and around the world. And we pray for things that we worry about, but ultimately, God, we want what you want because you, what, the things that you want are the things that last. The things that you want are the things that are good. And the things that you want will bless us more than we can ever know. Nevertheless, God, there are things that we want. We want our friends to know you. We want to be patient and not jump to conclusions about things that we hear or things that we think. God, we want to be happy. We want to have joy in our own lives and in the lives of our family. We want to be healthy and not worry about the next doctor's appointment or the next bill that needs to be paid. God, we ask for these things because we know you're in control of all those things. You own the cattle on the thousand hills and you made every cell that's in our body. And you know the things that are good and the things that aren't. And so we ask that you help us Help us to live lives that please you, live lives that are healthy. And while we walk, trying to do our best to live like Jesus, God, we're going to come across temptations that will try and get us to turn to the right or turn to the left, things that are shiny and pretty, things that are cool and new. But God, you are steady and you are reliable and you are trustworthy and you are faithful and you are good and you keep your promises and you watch out for us and you protect us and you carry us and you bless us and day after day you do this all the time and each time we think about it we are amazed and we don't have any more words to say except thank you so much God. 
And above all those things that we've just mentioned, we thank you for Jesus. Because what he's done for us, we could never do for ourselves. He came here for us. He went to the cross for us. And he died a death that we should have died. And now he lives a life that he wants us to live. So God, in his name, we thank you. Amen.